This is an ABC podcast. Hey, it's Dave Marchese. Can you believe that we're pretty much halfway through August already? What's going on? It's basically New Year's Eve, yeah? We're smashing through this year and it's already time for another big shake-up. Let's go. Pack. I feel like if you're leaving a group chat, then maybe it's better if they don't have a notification. Oh, I'm broke, baby. The way things are going, I should be increasing prices daily. These kids are acting like the things that he's saying is like revolutionary. On Triple J. Yeah, these topics are going to get you talking. I can tell already. You know, you just know sometimes you're going to have big opinions and I want to hear from you. So get in touch. But it's not just me. You know, I've got two of the brilliant minds of our time with me right now. First... Guardian Australia reporter, all-round wonderful person, Raf Katuma. Hey, Raf, welcome to The Shake Up. Hello, thank you very much for having me. Uh, how are you feeling heading into the weekend? Pretty excited, actually. It's been a hectic week. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty ready for this one, I've got to say. And I'm sorry, I think this is a shake-up first. We've got a shake-up panel guest in a tuxedo. <laughs> Owning this tuxedo, may I say, journalist, radio presenter, podcaster, is there anything he can't do? Marty Smiley, what is going on? Why are you dressed so for? Why are you in black tie? Oh, I've got a, a, a rogue invite to an award ceremony, so I'm going. Oh. I thought I'd get, get dressed up. So you're going to be hobnobbing with the like media elite. That's right, yeah. You're a bit of a you're a media elite, I'd say. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to this show. Two lebs, one show, Kifik Yarafka. Oh, well, we, we could do the whole show. Should we do it in Yeah, we, we need could. to bring on a translator. <laughs> <laughs> I might struggle a bit, but hey, we've got a bit of ground to cover. Let's go. Hack. Have you been removed from a group chat on Instagram or anything? I mean, I have a few <laughs> times. Like, I did cry. These eyelashes don't grow in a day, hun. On Triple J. How many group chats are you in? Too many. I know already you got the close mates. The other mates, the classmates, old mates, the family chat. And right about this time of the week, they really start pumping. If only there was a way to sneak out of a few of those group chats, please. It's too much sometimes. Well, WhatsApp has announced some big changes this week, and one of them is letting people in group chats leave without announcing it. So no more Dave Marchese has left the chat, which I must say appears way too often. So... (laughs) We got out and about a bit earlier to ask you what you think of these changes. Hack. You can leave a group chat without, like, the notification coming in. I feel like if you're leaving a group chat, then maybe it's better if they don't have a notification. Secretly leave the group chat. Yeah. That's like, why would you... Yeah, people are just going to assume you were still in there and they're going to talk to you later. Like, and they're going to... They're going to think... left out of things. And also, the only reason you'd leave a group chat is for the attention. So now that's not even a thing anymore. What? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. That is revolutionary. It makes it less awkward. (laughs) Not necessarily, I guess, awkward, but like if you're not a person for confrontation, like it helps you out a bit, I guess. When is it the right time to add them to the group chat? Oh, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it really depends on how well they vibe with us, like in person, like whether we're going to do something. If they want to come through, then we can invite them and maybe later on they turn out to be like a good part of our friend group. On Triple J. Yeah, some of your thoughts there. I want to hear a whole lot more about WhatsApp's big changes. What do you reckon? one 300 You can call in on that number. You can message in as well, 0439 Also, how many group chats have you got on the go at the moment? How many notifications? I know that there's probably someone out there that's 
going to have an old muted convo that's got an unbelievable number of unread messages, do you have the record? Let us know. With me on The Shake-Up, Raf Katuma from The Guardian, also presenter Media Identity, Marty Smiley. So many titles. Raf, are you in a few group chats? I'm in too many to count. <laughs> yeah, and mm-hmm. so what are, the, what are the main ones? Like, are they family? Are they friends? There are a few offshoots of family group chats, a few offshoots of old high school friend group chats, new university group chats. There's a whole <laughs> lot, some, some work group chats that trickled off from... Google chat onto WhatsApp, etc. So there's a lot going on. And to be honest with you, a lot of them are muted. Yeah, well, that's mm. the thing. And like, I do this quite a bit, right? Like I'm muting conversations, but then I'm feeling really anxious because I still mm. see those notifications. Port. Like I, when I open WhatsApp, I'm like, oh, there's like 74 unread messages there. Mm-hmm. Marty, what about you? I feel I'm in like- 12. I counted before I came in. Oh, you're in 12. I'm in 12. And seven of them were started by one bloke who recently we staged an intervention because he started too many group chats that we said to him, listen, like there's a group chat for like a mate who's into milk, so he posts like milk milk <laughs> memes. There's one for um, a hoop talk where he talks about basketball. There's one dedicated to Bailey, that hot AFL player. Oh, yeah. There's too many. Yeah. And so we said, listen, enough's enough. Stop adding us to group chats, <laughs> and so he doubled down, and now we're in one on LinkedIn where you can only use auto-prompt messages, so we're having a robot chat on LinkedIn. What it's it's too far. There's, there's a lot going on. No, that's too much. I'm already <laughs> stressing thinking about that, but hey, glad to know that you're interacting with your friends. That's cool. Um, someone else says, why secretly leave? Just mute it if you don't like it. Yeah, yeah. but like there's... There's issues here, you know. Asher from the Central Coast in New South Wales says, who the hell under the age of 30 uses WhatsApp? Lol. True. I mean, speaking Europe and a lot of like friends I made overseas and stuff like swear by WhatsApp. The other reason I like it is because I use a lot of voice notes, right? Like go to town and I know this annoys so many of you, but the good thing about WhatsApp is you can kind of like um, speed up when you listen back. So a two minute <laughs> voice note, it's actually just one minute on if you'd play If only your speed. friends knew, Dave, that they, they were on double time. Oh, they're on double you're time. you're listening to their voice notes. They are on double time. Um, I don't know. What do you reckon of leaving the chats? Like, Raf, do you ever leave chats? Do you think that's rude? Because this whole issue of ghosting group chats is really at the forefront this week with these changes. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that. I think if I had the option to leave a chat with nobody noticing, I would leave so many chats because it creates so much fallout, so much drama that just reminds me of dramatic high school shenanigans. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but the thing about this is, so they're saying, oh, we're going to change it so you can leave the group chat, but the administrator will still be notified. And I'm like, isn't the administrator the one person you you don't don't want? The person who started the group chat. I don't know. I don't know. Have you ever had to exit a group chat, Marty, after a dramatic fight? Has that mm. ever happened? Like, or for dramatic effect, you're like, Martin has... I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have. Like, there was a family <laughs> one where it got so dramatic. I was like, what am I doing in this? This is annoying. This is kind of like ruining my day just, just being a part of this. Um, so I, I quite like the ability to dramatically leave and for everyone to know that you've left. Mm-hmm. That's Making that's my main thing is like it's it's for and then someone will add you back in. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, that's another whole anxiety as well once you are added to an existing group chat, right? So maybe you're not 
like best mates with these people and then they're like, actually, we're going to add Raf to this chat and then you appear and you're like, oh, what's the history here? What have they been talking about? Oh, look, there's there's so much this, to it. The, the social media tells you too much. Like last night I was going to bed, it was 11.56 at night. I shouldn't have been up that late and I should have been looking at my phone. But I saw that you were online, Dave. And I, oh. I, st- I thought to myself, I thought to myself, You didn't message, well, that's fine, well, isn't it? Well, he's up yeah. late. But then I was thinking, hang on, but I'm also up this late. <laughs> Why do I, I don't want to know that about Dave. I don't want to know his bedtime. Hey, well, the other thing that WhatsApp's changing in this whole group, because they're saying they're doing this for security reasons, and one of the other things is they're making it so you won't be able to see when people are online. Bring it on. Because that's the other thing. It's like, yeah, you can mute and pretend that you haven't seen it, but if there's a big green light being mm-hmm. like, Marty is online now, um, pretty awkward. Yeah. Someone's messaged in, I think all of Dave's friends now need to speak half as slowly when they're <laughs> sending in voice messages. Um, I've got another one. Can I ask? I'm putting this etiquette question out there, right? So <laughs> what do we think, guys? Um, the other day, someone added me to a group chat, right? And it was to... It was for an event. It was for some drinks, just some drinks at the pub. They're like, hey, I'm adding a whole bunch of people. They added a whole group of people, people I didn't know. I'm so bad at replying. So I wanted to go to the drinks, yeah. but I didn't reply or acknowledge it. But I was like, it's in a couple of days. I'll just go. And then the day of the drinks, it says, you have been removed from the chat. <laughs> so they, like pulled me out and then I asked a few other friends who were in there who also hadn't replied. They're like, we were removed as well. Is this what people do? Are they removing people from, like, if you don't acknowledge that's a, that's quickly a, enough? That's you... an RSVP withdrawal. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. But people get angry. People get angry, but then I was like, maybe it's a nice thing. Maybe they're like, oh, what? he's not going to come and we don't want to bother him with all the, like, administration. Like, hey, we're out the back and, like, can people you get are, me a drink? People are quite militant over RSVPs at the moment, I think, because... Facebook's dying and that's the only place that you can get Mm -hmm. people together on events. My girlfriend had to pay $180 recently for a dinner that she didn't go to because she... RSVP'd and withdrew the day before, oh which was God. too, which is not enough notice. Nah, that's, oh my God. Not enough notice. Not enough notice. Hey, like learn from my mistakes, people. If you're getting these invitations, you never know when it's going to be snatched cruelly away from you. <laughs> Got some more messages coming through. Maz says, I left a family group chat after I left my partner and it was his family. So they knew about me leaving him before he even had a chance to tell his family. Oh, right. So like they'd broken up and then Maz has left oh. the group chat before the family. Oh, yeah, wow. Someone else says, embarrassingly, I have 331 unread messages, 24,928 unread emails. What the hell? That's needs group, some intervention. Group chat's there. really popped off yeah. during the lockdown yes. and now we're, we've, we're into it. Like, you know what I we wanna, want more. You know what I want to ask, Raph? Did you ever get into house party? Oh my god, did I get into house party? That was that was my jam. I loved house party. I was on a house party the second I woke up and the hour kidding? before I went to bed. But was it like was it pretty crap for everyone else like it was always dropping out my house party was experience was not good was that everyone i don't know but a lot of technical it was part of the charm i think is yeah. anyone still using it is house party just a pandemic thing or is it all done are we i look uh, i house party's dead the, yeah <laughs> it was a pandemic 
one hit wonder. Yeah, because yeah. house parties themselves are popping off, but house party <laughs> the app is dead. Someone else says, if you don't want to be in a group chat, you shouldn't have to tell the person. You should be able to leave when you want. And Mandy says, I wish there was a way of inviting the second lot of friends to a Facebook event without them seeing they are invited late. Ah. This is another one that's happened to me. God, I have a lot of weird things happening to me. <laughs> invited to a wedding. I was like, that's a late invite, isn't it? Scrolled up a bit, was like, oh, yeah, that was six months after everyone else was invited. D-list over here. A tough one, yeah. D-list over here. Um, Yeah, look, we could go on and on about this, but I reckon it's time we move on. You're listening to Hack. Just because everyone is talking about pain increases doesn't mean you'll automatically get one. On Triple J. Everything is going up except your wages. That may be the only completely factual election slogan in history, actually, because it's true. We know about inflation sending the cost of everything up. Groceries, rent, petrol. We've been talking about this non-stop, right? But what about our pay? If everything's going up, surely the boss has got to be a bit sympathetic, right? Hey. Big businesses are throwing their support behind wage increases as inflation hits workers' hip pockets. Treasury expects headline inflation at 5.5% by the middle of next year, 3.5% by the end of 2023, and 2 and 3 quarters percent by the middle of 2024. Oh, I'm broke, baby. Ain't got no money. Well, most of us would like a raise. Asking for one can be hard and even scary. You simply say, look, here's what I'm worth and we both know it. Hey, boss, I've been doing this. I hope you think I've been doing a good job. I think I have, and I'd like to make more money. It's not about the money, money, money. We don't need your money, money. On Triple J. Yeah, if your pay hasn't gone up 6% in the past year, you're pretty much earning less than you were 12 months ago. Something to think about. But there's all this stigma around asking for a pay rise, you know? Experts have said for ages, oh no, when you want a pay rise, the argument should always be about the work that you're doing and how much value you bring to the company. It shouldn't be about you needing more money or how tough you're doing it. But do we need to throw those rules out the window? Because the situation's changed. The economy's, you know, in a whole different kind of situation now. Have you asked for a pay rise because of what's happening at the moment? What were you told? Are you too scared to ask? Or maybe, you know, you know your mates, your co-workers have got one. Let me know, one 36 You can send a message, 439 Time to ask our shake-up guests what they're getting paid, actually. That's what we will be doing. Presenter, podcaster, Jono, Marty Smiley, and Guardian Australia's reporter, Rafka Tuma. Marty, you ever asked for a pay rise? I have, yeah. Yeah. Was it tough? Um, it was, yeah. I've asked for a, I asked for a pay rise Did you wear the tux every time? When like, you, did you walk in with the tux? You're like, <laughs> there was no tux. <laughs> it would have worked Sucks and slides. Maybe that's why I didn't get one. <laughs> um, no, I have. And it, it, I think it's important too because you have to know what your worth is. But also just like, I mean, we're only going to be speaking on behalf of our own industry and obviously journalists don't get paid a heap. But no. uh, it's, it's important to ask for what your worth is. You've got to find a way to do it. Um, I've done, I've pulled the whole line of like, how am I supposed to survive in this city? You know? Oh, how, you how pulled that? Ca- yeah, I have how pulled did that. that go down? Well, and it was true at the time when I when when I did ask that, I was, I was like, I'm actually having trouble paying rent and right. living. So, and if I you, could have a bump, do you in, reckon in, your boss appreciated that? Like the honesty, you being like, hey, this is the financial situation. 
she told me that I could do bar work if I wanted to make more money. <laughs> so no. Okay. Yeah. Because this is interesting. We've done a story on this actually. There's a great article that Hacks James Pertil has written about this. You can check it out on Hacks' website on socials as well. And he spoke to a few people and, yeah, mixed results. Some had got the 7% pay rise. Great. Excellent. Another told, like Marty, Nah, you can go get some other work. Another job, yeah. Raph, what do you think? Like, we're talking about an inflation pay rise. Like, do mm-hmm. you think that people should be more confident asking for these specific types of pay rise? Not because they're doing a great job, but just because things are more expensive. I think because it's a universal experience, it should be more expected from the employer's side of things. Um, and I think it makes a lot of sense, especially when you look at rent rises recently, the hikes in prices mm-hmm. are being harder to match because your wage isn't rising at the same rate. And so I feel like approaching your employer with exactly the yeah. reality of your, your experience and, yeah. and your um, financial pressures makes a, yeah. little bit of a, a little bit of sense in this economy. It's honest, right? Yeah. Like, so go, you're, what you're doing is you're going into, like, that's what your boss should be demanding of you is honesty in the workplace. And mm. if that's, if you want to be upfront, that's the way to do it. Is uh, this my situation? What, I want to be able to work here. Yeah. And I mean, the numbers are pretty stark. Like, so if you make, maybe you earn 50 grand a year, in the past year you've earned 50 grand a year, with inflation and all the rest of it, you're $3,000 worse off this year Mm -hmm. than last year. So, like, it's big money for people. That's, Mm -hmm. like, a a lot. We're getting some messages coming through. Someone says, after a co-worker quit, my pay went up. Another person says, but your workload probably went up too, I'd say. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Someone else says, increase in productivity always favours employers and workers continue to get screwed. Another person, Caitlin, says, I asked my boss for um, an allowance because I always use my personal phone for business use. She must have thought I was joking because she responded with a meme. Oh, that's not good. Wow. That's not good at all. And somebody else says, uh, we got a government mandated pay rise because it was under a an award and my work thought that it would be a great opportunity to claim that it was their own idea and that they were so generous. Not good at all. Let's go to a caller now. We've got um, Sarah on the phone. What's what's your experience, Sarah? Uh, My experience is these little companies are just really good at fobbing off their workers and just, you know, trying to sweep shit under the rug, I guess. So did you ask for a pay rise? Yeah. um, I asked one last year and they tried to just kind of downplay it and say that there's going to be a wage increase, which is what happens every single year. And then I asked one earlier this year because I'm getting paid the wrong level. And again, they just tried to say that I didn't really give them enough reasons and that they've been super accommodating just because I've been sick and took some time off because my grandfather died. Oh, this doesn't sound too good at all, um, Sarah. I think maybe like there's probably people to speak to about this, but we're going to talk more about this on Hack, like what your rights are in the weeks ahead because it's a big thing for people. And um, thank you for calling in, by the way, but I'm wondering like, we learn about things like how to write a CV, how to dress for a job, mm. all that sort of stuff. What do you think, Marty? Should we be learning how to better prepare workers for getting a pay rise and things like that? Because they're important discussions that everyone has to go through at some point. Yeah, I definitely think rehearsing it with a housemate or a mate, like the conversation is good. Um, and look, you've got to pick the right time. I would suggest doing it 
when your contract's up or when your performance review has been done, you get a good performance review, use it as, as, as ammo. You go, oh, I've just had a, I've been doing good work for you or you, you have a you know, couple of wins at work. You go, hey, listen, um, I'm loving working here. But uh, uh, you could make me a lot happier if you <laughs> gave me a bump in pay. And the thing is, like when we're talking about this, Raf, like this should be the perfect time for workers to get a pay rise really in the sense that they have a lot of power. Unemployment is down. We've got a labour shortage. Businesses need workers. Do you think that young workers in particular don't recognise how much power they have mm-hmm. in this situation? I think especially as a young person, it would be a conversation I would find very awkward and uncomfortable to breach. Um, So being more informed on what your rights are and what avenues you have to question something that you think isn't really treating you and your situation fairly Mm. is really important, especially for young people. Just entering the workplace, even out of the pandemic, you don't have as much experience um, navigating situations like that. Yeah, for sure. And You're I often mean, told, like, you should be grateful. Mm-hmm. You should be grateful yes. that you've got a position. Or an opportunity. Do you know how many people yeah. are waiting to get into this job? There's mm-hmm. thousands of people in line out there waiting to get your job. But that's you really have to hold firm in those conversations and, and know that there's a reason why you're employed and you know you do good work. So feel free, you know, you should feel the confidence to be able to ask when, when, you, when the time comes. Yeah, fair enough. We've got another caller on the line. Ash is with us. Hey, Ash, this is a pretty interesting and crazy situation you're in. Can you tell us a bit about your pay? Yeah, so first of all, howdy. Hey, howdy. Um, so I'm nearly a fourth-year apprentice carpenter um, in Victoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first started my apprenticeship, um, it was right before COVID, then COVID hit. Um, now, first-year apprentice wages, um, I'll give you a bit of an insight. It was like $14.25 an hour. So it was insane. So you times that by about 40 hours and you're racking home after tax about $530. Okay. So then the pandemic hit and my pay rise, my pay went up about a good 15 cents. And then I was able to get um, youth allowance because I was a low income earner. So per fortnight, that's $400. So Every week, that's like 220 plus the 530. You're looking at 750. Then the pandemic disaster payments came in. Right. So I was, I was getting like $1,300 a week. Okay. In my account. And so now, now what's the situation? Now I'm a third year, nearly a fourth year, and I'm getting paid just under $1,000 mm. a week. Right. So you're seeing a lot less money, right? Oh, yeah. And with the increase of fuel, like because during the pandemic, fuel was so cheap and I was driving an, uh, a yeah. ute that was for sure. unleaded. For sure. It was... And Ash, we're hearing we're hearing that a lot from people. Like in terms of the costs of fuel are going up. Um, your situation's crazy that you're earning um, less now than you were before, even though you've advanced. Your qualifications have expanded. We're hearing from other people. Thanks for calling, Ash. We've got Kirsty in Sydney. Says I'm the boss of a team of thirty. There's no harm in asking for a pay rise. You may not get it, but you might. 
Um, somebody else says, I asked my boss for a pay rise. They offered me 1% and they said they were already in line with current wages. Another person, I actually asked for a pay decrease. What the hell? Wow. I was living rurally and it became too much to afford my groceries and rent. So even with the pay decrease, moving to a big city still saves me a lot. Yeah. I don't okay. know about the math I, on that I, one I'm, and I'm not doing it I'm in my actually head. really confused by that one, but okay. Um, <laughs> Stop paying me so much money. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Paying less tax maybe. Um, now, listen, I think we've got to move on because there's a whole bunch on this one, but it's not the last you're going to hear from it on Hack. We're going to be talking about wages, the cost of living, these kind of important discussions that you have with your boss. And like I said, there's a really, really great article up online if you want to read more about what you should be going for, what kind of a pay rise you should be asking for, it's all up there. Go check it out. Hack. I will not administer CPR unless you're a hot female. Controversial topics are always going to attract more interest, whether it's good or bad engagement. We have gotten so far for women and men to get out of the stereotype. And these kids are acting like the things that he's saying is like revolutionary. Social media isn't the be all and end all of young people's lives. We can't shut down all misogynistic discourse. It's going to pop up all over, all the time, and we need to focus our energy on educating young men. On Triple J. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about this this week, about a guy with a big following on social media. Last month, there were actually more Google searches for his name than for Donald Trump or Kim Kardashian. I'm talking about Andrew Tate. Maybe you know who he is, maybe you follow him. This guy is known for his extreme and misogynistic views towards women, and there's a push for a crackdown on this sort of content. He said a lot of horrible stuff for attention, obviously. I'm less interested in that. I'm more interested in how much responsibility you think platforms like TikTok, Instagram have for removing this kind of content. Should we be seeing more action? Let me know. 0439757555. Let's get into it a bit more. Time to chat with Raf Katuma from The Guardian, Marty Smiley from Kada. Hey, Raf, do you reckon people like Andrew Tate should be removed from social media or their content restricted? I think there definitely needs to be at least monitoring of content like Andrew Tate's um, and it is a responsibility that social media platforms should be taking under their belt, especially when those platforms act as echo chambers that fester extreme views and we saw that come out of Donald Trump's presidency, we saw that come out of misinformation spreading during uh, the COVID pandemic height. Um, and when we see cult of personalities like Andrew Tate emerge on TikTok with the extremely loyal um, and kind of <laughs> aggressive following uh, that he has, it is a little bit scary to think that the only solution is to match that with education because it's a little bit hard to then enter a sphere where their content and their audience feeds into an algorithm um, made to proliferate uh, engagement. Um, education, I don't think, is the only thing that will combat something like that. It needs to be monitored for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I think it was The Guardian, actually, that mm -hmm. did some big um, investigation into this and kind of set up some accounts, like, yes. mimicking teenage boys mm -hmm. and, like, within minutes they were served up this content, some of it really misogynistic content. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, there will be people about, like, listening to this saying, why are you talking about it? Why are you giving it mm -hmm. more attention? But I don't know, Marty, like, do you think that, um, that if we don't talk about it, there's a risk there as well? 
well if we're not calling stuff out and not challenging these things? Like, what what are your thoughts? There's a this kind of you know bloke is there for the notoriety. He's using these. Um, Terrible, awful messages, the misogynistic, sexist, um, all the things, uh, to deliberately gain a following. And TikTok has facilitated that. YouTube has facilitated that. So I think when we think about these things, you know, Miley Yiannopoulos is an example of the exact same dude in a different, you know, suit. You know, it's... um, these guys are always going to exist mm-hmm. who basically profit and earn followings off saying outlandish, uh, provocative things that are taboo. Mm-hmm. They're going to say it online and they're going to gain followings. But we can't let these, like social media sites are just allowing these mm-hmm. people to gain <laughs> huge followings. And then what happens? It, it, it influences young minds. You've got mm-hmm. young men in this country right now. Everyone knows who Andrew, Andrew Tate is. Every 16-year-old in this country knows who he is. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they probably have a couple of quotes that they're saying in the schoolyard. You know, if, you've got, if, you're, if you've got someone in your life that's that age and they're, they're saying Andrew Tate quotes, that's extremely concerning. You know, mm-hmm. I, my housemate the other day was saying his, his little brother mentioned Andrew Tate and he got scared. He went, Hang on, I gotta have a chat with him now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you should. This is the, this is the time. You've got to start having chats with, with the youngins. And- I mean, there's a big campaign now push, like mm-hmm. f- not just um, uh, anti-violence groups and stuff like that, but just ordinary people going and saying, like, oh, I know this person that follows this guy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have a chat with them or whatever. <laughs> We're definitely seeing a lot more of that. We've got a few thoughts coming in. I'll get to a couple of them. Sam in Brisbane says, I teach at an all boys school, and Andrew Tate's like a god to them. It makes me so angry. Mm. Um, because I know some of the stuff that he says. Another person says platforms will allow, remove and restrict who they want at their own leisure. YouTube mm-hmm. is a blatant example of this. And, yeah, they have big policies and restrictions, but, you know, we don't always see them follow through with the action. I wish we had more time to talk about <laughs> this, guys, but that's it. That's oh. it. The shake-up, it goes so fast. I was telling Raf before, before her first shake-up, it's going to go so quickly and it has, <laughs> right? Um, thanks so much, Raf Katuma from Guardian Australia. appreciate you coming in. Thank you very much for having me on uh, my first ever show. Oh, I hope you had a good time. She killed it. And <laughs> a big regal thank you to Man in the Tux, his lordship, the Duke of Audio, <laughs> Baron Von Podcast, the Earl of Radio, uh, Marty Smiley, and a big um, good luck. You're nominated for a Kennedy Award tonight in journalism so we hope that you do really really well big big thanks to our shake-up panel this week and also to the hard-working hack team our executive producer claire bloomer and our other producers aj williams bridget murphy the rest of the hack team as well that's all we've got time for for now, but I will be back next week. Not on Monday, though. Ange McCormack's going to be taking you through Monday. I'll catch you very soon after. Have a great weekend. See you then.